All right, everybody, welcome in to uh, your now regular Wednesday night episode of the Blue Norse Football Podcast. We are a few days behind. We didn't really get an episode out to you guys last week. Uh, we got some busy, you know, weekends we realized we thought were going to be the best time. It just turns out they're not. So we're going to start. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was like it, they were fine for like two or three weeks. And then we're just like these last few weekends, we've been like trying to grind to find time to get it out there. And it's just not working. So here we are. Uh, it's Wednesday night. We're going to be Wednesday nights, uh, I think, through the season as well so that we can make Thursday night picks and things like that. I, I know during the season we've discussed it before about potentially uh, doing two podcasts a week. I don't know if that is something we can do, but we'll see. We'll see as we get there. It's, you know, we're having fun. We're having a good time. So um, – we're buckled in here. We're excited to have you guys here. Uh, I'm your host, Jacob, over at Rochism13. Joined as I, as always, joined as Isaac is what I was going to say. Joined as always by my co-host, Isaac, over at Isaac10G. It is a apparently rough night for my ability to speak. So, um, Isaac, run us through. What do we got tonight? Well, as always, we've got some mock drafts that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about some free agency developments. Uh, we're going to talk about J.J. Watt. We're going to talk about some quarterback situations. We're going to run down of what we expect, you know, when tampering is able to, to commence. I think it was, what, that 12 days? 12 days, uh, yeah. So we've got a lot of things coming down the pipe. Uh, a lot of probably interesting takes as far as what we think is going to happen in free agency. Our take as far as why did J.J. go to the Cardinals? Um, it's going to be a good show. Yeah. We, uh, the JJ thing, I almost, it's kind of funny that you brought that up because in, in pre-show we were going over the rundown and like, I'm not like destroyed that he didn't come to Cleveland. I'm disappointed of course. And the money was really why I was okay with it. Cause I didn't want to give him that kind of guarantee, but like I moved on from it so daggum quick that even though I told you this morning, I wanted to talk about that tonight. I forgot about it until you just brought it up. I got you. Don't worry. That's that's why we're a team, dude. I I, I did one podcast uh, by myself during the season. We had some things go on. It was horrible. I think we got like three listens, and I think like even my family members turned it off halfway through. So, all right, we. I mean, maybe we got we had the most listens ever. Uh, for those of you who joined us um, to, for our conversation with Nick Carnes, I really uh, thank you for that, and I hope that you stuck around and give us a, an opportunity to uh, hang out and chat with you. Nick will be back on the show in a few weeks to talk about the draft, and uh, we're hopefully to pull some other people. If you guys are interested in coming in the show, just let me know. We'll we'll hook that up. All right, so. I told you this uh, pregame, and I want to talk to you about it now, and I'm going to bring it up here on my computer. I now have two fancy monitors because I'm a fancy person. So now i got all kinds of information, and I can be a little less stupid when I say stuff on here. So I want to talk to you. Go ahead. Two monitors is the way to go. You can't go any other way. You can. So congratulations. I know. It's been two weeks. I'm excited. And, and I tell you, once you go two monitors, you just can't go back. I've never had a two monitor set up until now, so – it is so i want to talk to you about quarterbacks um just real quick neither one of us are scouting quarterbacks uh at least to the level that we are used to scouting quarterbacks for the for the nfl draft i I haven't scouted a quarterback in several years now so it's really weird for me so i want wanted to have this conversation with you because i wanted to see if you could make a little bit of sense for me because i'm not totally understanding some of these quarterback rankings like i get it I, I, Trevor Lawrence is number one. I'm not going to argue with it right. because you can talk about um, 
I think for him, it's not just what he can do now. I think it's his ceiling because his physical attributes are just off the charts. I think if there was a combine and he was throwing and he was measuring uh, that they would be some of the most ridiculous quarterback stats that we probably have seen in a long time. So I'm not going to argue that. I will point out that if you guys want a good laugh, go and check out Chris Sims rankings because Trevor Lawrence isn't one and A&M's quarterbacks above Justin Fields. So there's been a lot of disrespect going on. Justin Fields is where I want to go. So right now I'm looking at Seth Galina from Pro Football Focus from PFF um, for his 2021 NFL draft uh, class. He has Trevor Lawrence 1, Justin Fields 2, Trey Lance 3, Zach Wilson 4, and Mac Wilson 5. And I think uh, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, uh, for me, because Trey Lance didn't play this year but one game, I think they're kind of interchangeable. But I think that's where the five are for a lot of people. But I've seen Justin Fields as far down as four. I've seen guys like Mac Jones. Like, listen, I get it. I think Mac Jones will be an okay quarterback in this league. But, like, I watch Justin Fields, and listen, like, maybe part of it is because I haven't watched these other guys as much. But do you have any kind of understanding or reasoning in your head that that there's been a lot of disrespect for Justin Fields, in my opinion? And I don't know what it is, and I understand that this is that time of year where guys rise for no reason and guys fall for no reason. They, You find reasons to nitpick. That's where we're at at this time of year. But – I just I feel like I've never seen a quarterback for no reason. He hasn't given you any kind of like he didn't run a 540 or anything like that. He didn't measure at 5-2. So like do you got any kind of understanding as why why this is going on? Because I, I can't figure it out. I don't know. Um, I mean we can sit here and, and, and say that the sporting um media world likes to hate on Ohio State. I don't think that's it in this scenario. What I think it is is maybe these scouts um, and these analysts are really diving into film that they've seen, and they're finding these things that are maybe just small inconsistencies. Maybe they're just small things that's that's setting the distance or setting the setting the pace between Justin Fields and other quarterbacks in the league. I don't think I don't think really most people can argue that Trevor Lawrence is number one. Um, I believe that he's probably the best quarterback going into the to the draft. But like you were saying, I was surprised to see Justin Fields because you and I had talked about so many times that you and I felt that Justin Fields is one of the more NFL-ready quarterbacks we've seen in college for quite a long time. Um, and so I would I would still probably put him in that two, the yeah. number two ring. Um, I would be comfortable if the Giants threw a huge loop and they drafted Justin Fields, I'd be comfortable with that, right? Uh, I don't think they're going to. I'm not, I'm not saying I want them to, but I'm just saying in a team's perspective, I think it would be um, good to, to rank them higher. So as far as to why it's dropping down, your guess is as good as mine. The only thing I can think of without the combine and things like that is having this time to really develop and study film maybe more so than what they've done in the past. And they're seeing these small things that are setting the difference between Justin Fields and, and other players. You know, and, and I'll say this, um, maybe it's what's best for Justin Fields. Maybe he goes to a better football team and he has a better career because of it. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I just. That is so highly the draft. They get drafted number one overall to a terrible team. And then that's the end of their career. And I just hope that didn't happen to our boy Joey B last year. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, no, I think um, 
like I said, I didn't have a huge opinion on it. I just kind of wanted to like, and maybe anybody listening could chime in and let me know what you think. Do you not like, because especially if you don't like Justin Fields, I'd love to hear the why. And, and I understand there's like this stigma about Ohio State quarterbacks, but like, you know, I, I like I said, I don't know. Maybe Justin Fields has a better career because of it. He, he, I just thought it was weird. So uh, we're going to move on real quick. Um, uh, we're going to do talk, go down some mock drafts real quick here for you. I do a four week mock, uh, four round mock draft every week uh, for the Browns. I usually do them on Thursdays, but uh, in this situation where we decided last week, I didn't get it out till Friday. Uh, and now that we're recording on Wednesdays, I'm going to post them Wednesday mornings prior to the recording of the podcast in the evening so i'm going to take you down through my four week uh four round i keep saying that four round mock draft real quick if you followed me for any period of time um or our podcast at all uh this this is the standard that i've been running through okay this is the standard um formula so at 26 i took jc horn i think there is like a 0.5 percent chance that jc horn sometimes somehow falls i wanted to go edge rusher and i posted this when i tweeted i said i was going to go edge because i just think that's where they really want to go in the first round even though i think they'll add add an edge rusher in free agency but jc horn is so good and to have him locked up for five years opposite of denzel ward i just i couldn't pass it up uh at pick 59, I wanted to address real quick, I wanted to go to edge rusher, and I took Carlos Basham Jr. Uh, out of Wake Forest. I think he's the best available at that time. There's an in, there's the one knock on him is that he is 23, and I know people say, well, how's that a knock on him? Uh, nobody was drafted by Cleveland that was like over 21, maybe 22. They would not draft these older seniors uh, because age matters in analytics. So that's the only thing that I think could potentially, because I think the tape is there, uh, the measurables are there. I just think it might hurt them in Cleveland because Cleveland might move on from them because that's just not what they're looking at. If anybody, if you've heard, if you've talked to me for any period of time, uh, you know I love Elijah Moore, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Uh, he... He's just – he's 20 years old. He's hes quick. He's fast. He's elusive. He, he's a burner. If he could line up opposite on the other side of Odell, you have to rotate over there. And Odell can work underneath. The tight ends and Jarvis can work underneath. You can dump it to Kareem and, and to Nick. And I think he is the missing spark plug that puts them from AFC championship game contender to a Super Bowl contender. That's that's the kind of, I think, uh, just electricity that comes from Eliza Moore. I'm not going to say much more on him. I think he's an amazing player. Someone, I, there's no way he gets to 89. But there are so many wide receivers, right? Yep. So yeah. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Elijah yeah. Moore, for example, as he fell to 89 in other years' draft, drafts, he may be much higher than even be talked about in 89 yeah it's just crazy how years change as well yeah it's, it's so weird isn't it so and then i'd love uh andre cisco i called him andrew cisco a couple of weeks ago and like i really apologized to the man like and his moms as i should but uh andre cisco the the safety out of syracuse got balls that's all it is he can ball i we need safeties I went and double dipped in linebacker and I got, uh, I didn't get attacked or anything, but last week I had a conversation with some people on Twitter uh, about how there was no way the Browns would draft the way I drafted because they wouldn't, they were going to address linebacker and edge first. Well, as I stated in this draft and in last week, I believe that edge is being addressed in free agency. 
and that's why I didn't go edge until the third round last week. The Browns don't value linebackers. And if you can't see that based on what they did last year, I'm sorry. They don't value the position. They will not take a linebacker before the third round. I understand there's talk of Levante David. We'll get into that later. But they don't want – they. Joe Woods wants to play a linebacker, one, singular, on the field at a time. He wants three big safeties. He does not want to play linebackers. He's I took I double dipped in the fourth round. I took Cameron McGrone out of uh, Michigan and Tony Fields out of West Virginia at linebacker. Uh, both are younger linebackers. Um, I believe both are twenty. I know Tony Fields is twenty. They're quick. They're agile. They're athletic. They can cover. They're big bodies that can cover. That is what Joe Woods needs. That is what you need to beat the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey. Because if you have to put, you know, I saw Denzel Ward have to. Play on Travis Kelsey in the playoffs, and he's just not big enough. I know for a fact the Browns have met virtually with Tony Fields out of West Virginia, and if they can find him at 132, I think that's where they go. But that's my draft. Um, it's going to be a lot of defense, and they just need that one spark plug. I think Elijah Moore could be that guy if we can find a way. I like it. Makes sense of what you guys need. And your perspective on linebacker needs, I guess to say that the Browns are wanting to play one linebacker and more big safeties elsewhere. Personally, I like that defensive strategy. I really do. And I say that is too many times, especially now where you're getting more athletic tight ends. Linebackers have trouble covering them. I'll use Evan Ingram, for example. Evan Ingram is extremely athletic and should be seemingly very difficult to cover makes it pretty difficult on your typical linebacker right yeah but you have your safeties bigger defensive backs you can cover you can make that more of a competitive advantage so i like it i agree with you awesome let me pull up my uh my draft from this afternoon real quick well i kind of changed courses a little bit with this draft i was playing with pro football uh Networks mock drafts, mock draft simulator, and I'll be honest with you, I tried to make trades, and nobody would accept my trades, which is a really big bummer. Uh, <laughs> a, a lot of trade requests, and I just ended up kind of rejecting them and, and going with it, seeing what developed through the simulator for this week. I was really trying to trade up and trade picks for two two high and mid-level first-round picks. What I was trying to do is solidify receiving and tight end in the draft, but didn't work out that way. So with the 11th overall pick, Devontae Smith was still available. So again, no-brainer. I drafted him, picked him up immediately. That's probably one of the Giants' biggest needs right now on offense is electric receivers, especially with Golden Tate now being cut probably to increase some cap space and alleviate some. Um, for the 42nd pick of the draft, I picked up Alex Leatherwood, uh, offensive tackle out of Alabama. I like and, him a lot. I like him a lot. Yeah, I think he would be a good fit for New York. We need help on the offensive line. I think that, yeah, he's a, he's a tackle at home, but I think that there's possibilities that if we needed to utilize him as a guard or something like that on the line, he'd be able to do so. But the offensive line needs help, and um, we saw that last year. We've seen that 
opting out has kind of hurt some players. And, you know, with Nate Solder opting out, I don't know if they're going to continue his contract, if they're going to cut him to release some cap space. There's been rumors about that. It's hard to tell. If they do, then what do they go from there? Do they draft an uh, offensive guy um, this year? 76, I have Eric Stokes, cornerback out of Georgia. Like to a little bit of help for James Bradbury on the other side of the field. He's one of my he's one of my uh one of my draft darlings, to be honest with you. Draft darlings. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> nice. And then uh 116 could be a reach, maybe not, is Tommy Trimble, tight end out of Notre Dame. Uh, the reason I decided to fall down in the draft for a tight end. And the Giants, you know, for those who are listening, the Giants may not pick like this at all. Probably won't. This was a pick that I, I tried to see. Well, if I was drafting, I went by a player available and what the team needed at each round, right? Yeah. We need a tight end. I don't know if they're going to pick it up in free agency or try to pick it up in the draft. I'm not sure. But if they don't in the draft, they decide not to in free agency and go a different route. Drafting a, uh, a late fourth-round pick for Tommy Trimble, seeing how he can do – uh, may may work out. Man. I like fourth round. Um, I like fourth round like tight ends and wide receivers and running backs, uh, skill position players, because when you're in day three, I think you really look uh, look at at guys that are raw, but that yeah. that have those intangibles. Right? They there's something they do good. They're really quick. Uh, they don't drop anything. They can block. And yeah, you're going to need to bring him along potentially in other areas, but it's day three, right? There's no pressure on those guys. And that's where I love to take, and that's what the Browns did with Harrison Bryant, uh, the tight end last year in the fourth round. And and I think, you know, he had some struggles at points holding onto the football, but I, I mean, Harrison Bryant's going to be, I think a very serviceable tight end for years to come. I love it. I love it. No, I was just going to say, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, you know, with those late drafts, you never know what you can get. Like you just said, they're looking at a player and they're looking at, do they have something there that we can develop? You know, and it's, you never know what you're going to get. Look at Victor Cruz, late round pick, free agent, gets signed, blows up, has a huge year, Harrison Bryant, things like that. I mean, even Donovan Peoples-Jones, he was drafted in the sixth round for the Browns last year because he just he was so very raw, but he was big. He, he had some quickness. Yeah. He has good hands. And, I mean, I know he makes less than 20, I'm like 20 catches or whatever, but, like, I mean, game-winning catch against Cincinnati. I mean, there were some big, big plays made made by DPJ this year. And I just said you can find this ta- – the biggest thing, I think, when it comes to uh, these later picks – is if you believe in your coaching staff's ability to develop them. Yeah. So, all right, let's do a uh, free agency. This is where we wanted to spend most of the time on the podcast. So we just spent a quick 20 minutes going over some draft stuff. We're going to go full board draft in about three weeks or so after we talk a lot of free agency coming up. And I'm very, very excited. We'll get Nick Carnes back on, have some other guys on here to talk about the draft. So this is what I want to do. I told you about this early, uh, early, uh, pregame pre-show. I said, uh, let, we're going to go over uh, the Browns and Giants' top three positional needs, uh, and, and and I'll preface this by saying this. 
if we believe that this the their main course of action for this position is the draft, we're going to say such, and then we might cover a different position. Uh, just depends on how we're feeling about that that kind of thing. Like I think that, like I think that uh, corner, not not nickel corner, but like corner. I think the Browns are going to look more draft than they are free agency or trades. So I'm not even going to cover that for the Browns. Uh, what I think on that situation. So we'll go over to you first, and I have spot track pulled up here. So to you, and you don't have to put them in any particular order unless you want. Give me one of the Giants' top three positions of need. I'm going to pull up some available free agents, and we're going to go through it. You're going to tell me uh, uh, too old, too expensive. And, and I got their I got their ages and everything right here in case you're uh, curious about that kind of thing. So hit me with the position. Let's get started. Well, I mean, the glaring, glaring weakness on the Giants right now, and the thing that I think they're going to go after most is wide receiver. With that being said, my gut is telling me they go draft for this, but they need more than one wide receiver. I was going to say, you can do both. That's the thing. So I have, my, my gut's telling me that you see the Giants pick up a wide receiver, not only in the draft, but also in free agency to get a veteran wide receiver to help develop and mentor whoever, if they pick somebody up and draft. Okay, well, that being said, let's go through some free agents. Let's see what you think about some guys, some wide receivers. I'll tell you what I think about them overall. Uh, I don't think the Browns are in the market. There's one particular receiver I'll talk about that the Browns, I would love them to add because it's a second-tier guy. So let's talk at the, some of these top guys, some of these uh, big money earners, uh, things like that. We'll go some middle tier, and then maybe I'll even throw in a couple lower ones that I like and see what you think. All right, so the obviously to me, the best one on the market, he's 28 years old. It's Allen Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Why wouldn't you want Allen Robinson, right? Yeah. <laughs> athletically, that skill and what he can do to your offense. Yeah, of course I want him. But how much is it going to cost? You know what I mean? Okay, let me, let's do this. A spot track does a market value, so I'll tell you what they believe his market value is, and let's see what you think. Ooh, wow. Okay, his market value is four years, eighty million, an average salary of twenty million. That would put him. That would just put him at the third highest salary. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. That's, that's a lot, but he's. I think he's worth it. He's worth it. There's, there's no doubt about it. I would love to have that. And I won't. It's such a difficult conversation to have, right? Because it's a glaring weakness. And I, and I really think that if you get the right tools around Daniel Jones, you have a much better quarterback and a much better offense. So I'm going to say this. Very likely, if that player was interested in the New York Giants, then I would be okay with signing him for a big deal like that. Because then you potentially become a franchise type of wide receiver. And then I think it's very important, though, to continue to find a receiver in the draft. Because if you only draft him, you don't bring up anybody else that can be a potential playmaker or weapon on the outside, then what happens? You have all of the coverage go to him, and you have 
guys like Sterling Shepard that are more open on the outside. But guess what? Sterling Shepard's always hurt. Evan Ingram can't catch a cold. You have is- issues. So you got to bring in somebody else. <laughs> it's just there's always going to be a jab at Evan Ingram whenever there's an opportunity. <laughs> Stab, stab. Okay, so I'll say this: like, um, if you could get Allen Robinson, I would give him twenty mil. I'm okay with that. I don't like to pay a ton, but that that comes with some other things. If you get Allen Robinson and Kyle Pitts, dude, Saquon comes back healthy. It's crazy. I mean, you have a nasty offense. Maybe you get like, maybe you get get a tackle. Or two? Well, not two. I think Andrew Thomas will be all right. Hey, maybe Nate Solder comes back. He intends to play. That's what I've heard. He intends to play, so we'll see what happens there. Um, Let's go for some other guys. Like, I don't like A.J. Green. He's too old. He's got injury history. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, I'm not sure about. Golden Tate, obviously, was already cut. Deshaun Jackson's 35. It feels like he's 35. He can still fly, though, man. So, like, I don't know. It's stupid. Sammy Watkins is only 28. But he's always hurt. I mean, Sammy Watkins is the what could have been, right? Um, Here's a name I like a lot. 26 years old, if he gets away from Tennessee, uh, Corey Davis. Uh, Corey Davis could be a much better – here, I'll go on Corey Davis right here – you look at Corey Davis's market value. It will not. There we go. Corey Davis's market value, an annual salary of about nine point eight million, and uh, for what Corey Davis can give you, in, at only twenty six years old, I will give Corey De- Davis nine point eight million. Uh, I think that's a better option. Yeah, I like I like him a lot. So like, I'll dip into the Browns, and Brashad Perriman's available again. Uh, he's 28 years old. He has some chemistry with the Browns. He can fly. If we don't think we can get a guy like Elijah Moore, um, like I'm I'm only bringing him up like so that you won't talk about him. But like, I want Brashad Perriman back in Cleveland. I think Brashad, uh, it, it, that's a. I'm not going to get into the Jarvis Landry stuff right now. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Um, yeah. But Bashad Perriman is one of the ways that you can keep a guy like Jarvis Landry. Like still, like we're, we'll talk more about uh, contract restructurings because I think there's a lot of that and it needs to be talked about next week. I think uh, the Browns, I, Andrew Barry talked today. There's one thing clear. They are not fitting Odell Beckham. You can tell. You can just tell the way he talked. But he is definitely alluding to potential cuts and potential restructuring. And he is very open to the trade market. Um, a guy I love, by the way, 27 years old. I don't know if his legs work anymore. John Ross has been in perpetually hurt in Cincinnati, yeah. but that boy can't fly. He can. I mean, smart. but here's the thing, like, I got, I got one more name for you. Go, go ahead. But then I got one more name for you that you're just going to laugh when I say it. Go, go ahead with the name and then I'll share my spot. You what? Uh, he's like unlikely to re-sign, so he's going to be available. He's 25 years old. It's Juju. <laughs> you know, I read an article the other day where it alluded to, does Juju go to the New York Giants? And I'm like, please no. <laughs> please no. I, don't I just don't him. like the guy. I just yeah. don't. And I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, and he's, he's athletic and he's a good receiver. I just don't want him at the Giants, man. I don't like that. I don't, I don't want 
So your prototypical or prototypical, yeah, your typical burner receiver like John Ross. Yeah. I love those guys, right? Yeah. I love those guys because they they go down the field and they can open things up. Helps the running game. It helps everybody. Yep. However, my caveat to this is if you really, like for the, for the Browns, yeah. Absolutely, because you need a burner, right? Yeah. You need a guy that can stretch the field. That's what you need. But for the Giants, you need a number a one number one receiver. Yeah. yeah. And then you really need a number two receiver. <laughs> and then you need a guy that can be that number three, borderline number two, that can stretch the field. Number one so tight end? Is that what you were going <laughs> to Yeah, and a tight end that can catch. But, uh... Yeah, I like John Ross because he is so stupid fast. I mean, honestly, he reminds me of Deshaun Jackson type of fast. When Deshaun Jackson was a little bit younger. I, I will never forget. I will never forget the day Brad Wing punted that ball to right at him. Everybody's like, "Don't kick the ball to Deshaun Jackson. Do not kick it right to him. He caught it in stride." Like the game was over. Over. All you had to do. Take it out of bounds, man. Just take it out of bounds. But no, he kicked it to the most electric receiver in that period of time of football, and it's just they couldn't catch a tackle. They could. Oh my goodness! As soon as he caught it and started moving, I was like, "Oh god!" It's, it's over. I was like, yeah. "Oh god, please no!" <laughs> yeah, it happens. Oh god. So okay, yeah. <laughs> so we've kind of falling off a little bit and we're just kind of talking about positions um so we're going to go over to the defensive end uh let's talk about the defensive line a little bit i want to do defensive end okay here we go we'll talk about the defensive end position because i think edge rusher is the it's not the biggest need for the browns but i think edge rusher is incredibly important because um we saw in the Super Bowl, right? If you can get mess with the quarterback with four guys, just four guys. Yeah. It's so tough to beat that. Like, like that's that's how Tampa won that Super Bowl. Was it he was constantly under duress and they had seven guys. It's a numbers game, right? Yeah. You can only have five receivers in, in, in whatever form you have, tight ends, running backs, receivers. Seven guys covering him. Tyreek Hill was doubled on every single play in that Super Bowl. Of course he was. That was the road. That was the message to beat him. If, 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 if you're making that kind of pressure and not doubling, then what are you doing? But yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we're looking at uh, edge rushers. There's lots of great edge rushers out there. Um, there was this weird guy. I don't know who he was. He signed in Arizona, but we're not going to talk about him right now. Like, listen, that had to be purely for the money, right? Because you said you wanted to go to a contender and a great quarterback, and you passed up on Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield, among some others, for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona, who was 8-8 eight and eight uh, last year. Well, we'll get into that here in a little bit, but I've got a, I've got a thought on why Arizona. I, listen, more power to you. Do whatever you want. I just like you, you said that these were the important things, and then that just didn't seem to be. That, it just didn't didn't seem to make sense. Okay, so like the 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 best. I mean, 
It depends on if you call him an edge rusher or not. But the, one of the better pass rushers available is the 27-year-old from the Giants. Uh, Leonard Williams is out there. And I'm going to tell you straight up um, the money he's going to command coming off the franchise tag year. I just don't think he's worth it. Like That's just where I'm at with Leonard Williams. And I, and I think you are too, even though he finally um, showed up. <laughs> It's weird how that works, isn't it? It's yeah, so weird. Right. Um, so we're going to go to Clowney. Uh, Clowney's up next. I don't know. Um, I had as many sacks as Jadavion Clowney did this year. Plus, the Browns offered him all kinds of money last year, and he could have played next to Miles Garrett. And I'm just telling you, anybody who wants to come to Cleveland as an edge rusher, you don't have to be the dude. You get to – I guarantee you're not going to get double teamed. You'll get double teamed occasionally, especially because Miles will need to play off, but you're not going to get double teamed like you would anywhere else. Right. Um, for me, you look at uh, Yannick Ngakwe. Um, the Browns really, really wanted – I think Yannick Ngakwe should be – I mean, we talk about uh, Trey Hendrickson um, – if he becomes available from New Orleans, uh, we don't know if he will or he won't. I know we talk a little bit about Von Miller. Uh, Von Miller, from everything I'm hearing, he's gonna he's gonna remain in Denver, so uh, there's no reason to talk about that. And Gawkway kind of took a step back last year. Um, he didn't do much first in Minnesota, and then as when he made his way um, to to Baltimore, uh, people are having him looking him at him at about a $15.5 million average salary. I'm not sure he can command that anymore. If you think he can get back to two years ago and the numbers that he put up in Jacksonville, and I think he can because he's coming to a place where you just, I just watched miles Garrett do a 64 inch box jump standing still. He jumps 64 inches in the air straight up. He didn't take he didn't take a running start. He jumped straight up. That guy, that guy's on the other side of the field in Gakwe. That's all I'm saying, buddy. I would love that. That's for me. If you're if you're Cleveland, you 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 go hard at uh Yannick Ngakwe. And there's some other names on this list. Um, I like Ryan Kerrigan. You don't bring him in to start, though. You bring him in if you think you can get a first rounder. I think Kerrigan can still play kind of like you brought in Adrian Claiborne. I think Kerrigan brings in another guy like that, that, that can rotate through there. Uh, I like, you know, and, and, and that's kind of where I am at, at pass rusher. I think it's in Gawkway. I don't want any part of Leonard Williams or Jadavion Clowney. There's other names on here. Uh, Alex Okafer. I like him a little bit. If he gets out of, of, of Kansas city, uh, Derek Wolf's kind of old coming out of Baltimore, but uh, I think maybe Tack McKinley, who the Browns tried to claim 17 times before he finally got to Vegas. Uh, John Simon from New England, uh, I like him a little bit. Vinny Curry, maybe, you know, those are some older veterans, things like that. Uh, but I would, I would just, if you could find, I think Ngakwe is the, is the, is the best route to go. Yeah, I agree. And Probably, or I know we're on a ranking, ranking them. Uh, Giants need help on the edge as well, especially if they decide not to re-sign Leonard Williams, which I, you know, I go back and forth. I don't think they're going to because of the money that it's going to require and the inconsistency that you've seen with uh, Leonard Williams. Yeah, like you said, he had a decent year, but it's a contract year, right? You, you want money. Uh, so 
if the Giants were to pursue edge rusher, then I would see, I would agree with you, and Gonkwe um, would be the better, best name out of that list to go for. And I know the Browns flirted with it last year. They tried to get him from um, from Jacksonville before he went to Minnesota. And I know they they flirted with uh, Jadavian Clowney, and it sounds like they want to flirt yeah. with it again. And I just, I just don't think Clowney has ever really been as good as the money would say. And and I just I just I don't know. Clowney did not look good at all. I mean, maybe he was hurt. I don't know. I don't want any part of Taco Charlton, so don't even ask me about that. Uh, like I said, I do really like I, I think if he gets available okay, so these are the the other two that I really like is Trey Hendrickson and Carl Lawson. Um, I like Carl Lawson a lot. I'm now hearing he probably stays in Cincinnati. I would love if he didn't and he could get free. And I think Trey Hendrickson finally got the ability to start. He would come there. Uh, I think he's a little bit, makes a little bit more sense. Spot track has him at 10.3 million. So if you're not willing to go on the edge within Gawkway, but you think you can get uh, Trey Hendrickson around 10 million, I think he would be amazing at 27 years old on the other side. I think a lot of people would be really good on the other side if they uh, had Miles Garrett. <laughs> yeah. It makes filling that void pretty easy, doesn't it? Yes. <sighs> yes, it does. Did you see the video of uh, Miles Garrett playing basketball? Yeah, in a Jurassic Park shirt. Yeah. The dude's just, the dude is just so scary. Like, so scary. You just shouldn't be able to be as big as that man is and do, like, a quarter of the things he can do. No, not at all. So, we're looking at safeties real quick here. I don't think there's a ton of free safeties uh, that are available that I would look at. I know Anthony Harris will be linked to the Browns. He took a step back this year after uh, being one of the best safeties in football. Um, if the money is right, I mean, he made 11 million last year. I wouldn't give him more than seven or eight. Uh, Justin Simmons, I think, gets tagged again in in um, in, in Denver. Uh, he either gets tagged again, or I think they'll find a way to keep him some way. Um, I would love it if you could find a way to get Marcus May away from the Jets. I think he is an incredibly uh, undervalued safety over there. Um, his his agent was on Twitter talking uh, smack yesterday about the about the Jets um, not wanting to negotiate or pay their um, their team captain their be- best player and then um, now they're talking that he could, he could uh, could get tagged this year. I would really like to see if you could find a way to get him away. Uh, nickel corner. I also like Brian Poole coming out into the Jets. Like I think there's a lot of options this year. Um, we talk about free agency as we, as we uh, get a little bit closer, uh, just 12 days away from tampering period, two full weeks, and we are in full-blown free agency mode. Um, okay, so to, to you, give me a, um, a player or two that you would, let's say, let's not even talk about the money of it or the age of it. Let's give me a player or two that if the giants were to grab, um, or a position, uh, that you would just be over the moon. Oh, shoot. I mean, I, I would be happy 
with Allen Robinson. But I mean, you got guys like Kenny Galladay on yeah. free agency as well, and Marvin Jones. Like, Marvin Jones, Chris Godwin, technically, which granted he's probably going to sign with Tampa Bay again. Yeah, I don't think um, he gets out of there. But let's say if he does, I would be happy with that. Um, would definitely be the star, yep, so to speak, if they signed. Right? I don't know if they will because that's a lot of money. Um, but you also okay, so tight end, right? Mm-hmm. There's some big names in tight end. I saw that. Kyle Rudolph is being re- was released from uh, okay. um, Minnesota. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph and then Jared Cook was released by New Orleans today. Yeah, and you've got Hunter Henry out there as well. I like Hunter um, Henry a lot. What's that? I like Hunter Henry a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it, yeah, I'd be with all of those. Like Hunter Henry would, out of the three would probably be, you know, maybe Kyle Rudolph. Although Kyle Rudolph is starting to, I think he's getting a little bit older. He's been in the league for a while, so Hunter Henry would be preferable. Um, Hunter Henry but, has been in the league five years. Um, he is in uh, Kyle Rudolph is uh, ten years. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so offensively, definitely Allen Robinson. Yeah. Defensively, if they were to sign, uh, now I can't even think of his. Uh, I'm thinking of the uh, UFC uh, UFC fight, fighter uh, Francis Ngoku or. Uh, Yannick and Gonquay? Yes. If they were to sign him, I would be happy with that. Out of the, all of the edge rushers available, that is my favorite as well. I don't like Leonard Williams. Uh, I just think he commands more time. money than his production. Just... Exactly. You know, and I said that the first year that they signed him. Because they signed him one mid-year during a year that they were tanking anyway. So I was like, why are you spending the money? It was the weirdest but, trade I think I've ever seen. One of the weirder trades that I just was like, okay, but like, like, why? Yeah, but, you know, anyway. So my answer, without rambling too much longer, is Allen Robinson would be my, like, to the moon pick. Because I really do think he is the number one receiver at free agency. And is an elite guy that can line up with Daniel Jones. So one guy I wanted to quickly address because it it got brought up because he was cut was uh, Kyle Van Noy, the linebacker from the Dolphins. Uh, people ask me, uh, would you be in on the Browns with Kyle Van Noy? And the answer is, like a lot of people, if the money's right. Uh, he was on a big contract there. It was a four-year, $51 million contract. He played one year. He gets cut. Where do you reasonably see him? Uh, you know, I'm not giving him that. I mean, he's 20. Excuse me. He's 29 years old. Um, it's one of those things. He's going to be 30. He'll be 30 before, um, you know, well before the season is is played. I just, I don't see these Browns this year going out, uh, I mean, maybe Ngakwe is like the one guy, but like they're not handing out a Conklin and a Hooper deal again. Just because I think that they draft really well and a lot of what they need can be a good couple, like like a Brian Poole in the nickel corner you can get for 7 or $8 million. Like good moderate contracts and a solid draft, and I think it puts this team where they want to go. So I just don't see them signing these massive – I think they sign one um, – upper level mid to major deal. And that's something like, like an Ngakwe, uh, Carl Lawson, a Trey Hendrickson, um, Marcus may, if he gets available, I don't know that he will. Um, 
some big names like that. Uh, I, it, you know, the way Andrew Barry talked today, I think really watched the, the Cleveland Browns to uh, make a few moves early in free agency to watch some other things play out. And then the Browns, I think, are going to be major buyers in the team. We're still waiting. We expect potentially this week or next to learn the the uh, salary cap number. The Browns are going to be buyers in the teams that are shedding salary, I think. Because they're going to be able to, like, hey, this guy's on a, a, a relatively decent deal compared to um, what he might have got on the free market. And we'll give him to you for a fifth-round pick because we can't take the cap hit. Because I think this year you're going to get a, a ton of one-year deals, a ton of them, because the cap will bounce back like next year. So I think um, we're looking pretty good. I think that's uh, – let's talk about J.J. Watt. Let's wrap this thing up with J.J. Watt, and we will go full-blown uh, more of it next week. So uh, I think it was all about the money. Uh, I think it was the highest guaranteed numbers based on what you, I don't know. We'll never really know. I love the way he announced it. I love the way he trolled everybody for like a month. And then he was like, source me. Oh my God, dude. That was my favorite thing about it. But like, let's hear it. Let's hear it. You said you had a theory. Lay it on me. You know, I think, I think money had something to do with it, but I really think that the hop was the major aspect of it. Yeah. I really do. Advanced Joseph. The def- uh, Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think those, there's familiarity there. He likes the team. Uh, I don't know. Because just like you, I thought there were better options to go to rather than the Cardinals as far as being contenders. Yeah. But when he signed, I guess I wasn't too surprised because um, – D-Hop was tweeting earlier in the month saying, hey, let's finish what we started here. And then you go back to at the end of the season where him and Deshaun Watson um, and the year prior with him and D-Hop where they had moments and you could just tell like something was going to come back of it. If you look at the end of what the 2019 season, I, I don't know. There's a bond there. So So those guys have gotten out of Houston. Can somebody just please get Deshaun Watson out of he- this sinking ship that is Houston? I'm, I'm so glad you said that. Okay. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I saw a post on social media, and, you know, you don't believe everything you hear, but it, it brought up a good perspective to it, right? Deshaun Watson signed an extension to me. Yeah. Like, what was that, a year ago? Uh, willingly, two years? Yeah, willingly sign an extension when he knew of the hot mess garbage train that he was on with the Houston Texans. It's only gotten worse, though. It, yeah, yes. It, it could be those perspectives like, well, maybe it'll get better. But yeah. it didn't. And now... Like, the perspective of this post was this. And I'm not saying that I have the same perspective, but it made me think a little bit. You request and are willing to have an extension. Now, the toxic culture environment that you were already in and were a part of and knew that was there is even worse. And now you're crying about it wanting out. Like, that was the blunt. That was, like, the super, super blunt post that I saw, but I was like, but, you know, are they 100% wrong on that? I'm not saying they're 100% right. No. But are they wrong? I mean, I, I, 
Uh, no, they're not. That's that's the problem is is that you hear that argument and I completely understand it, honor your contract and all that things. But I think that goes both ways because it's like he, the thing that gets me the most in Houston is, is is these like, hey, Deshaun, we value this or we value you on this and that. And, that. and then the blatant disregard for it to turn around and just like lie to the dude. And, it, and, and it's just like, yeah. I think – the Houston Texans from take for taking uh, the Browns mantra of the most inept uh, programs oh, yeah. in the NFL because it it they and they don't because because uh, old Billy O'Brien messed them up so bad they have no assets no assets if I'm Houston if I'm Houston it makes sense to trade Deshaun Watson that's the only shot you got. Yeah. That's how you get leverage later on. You get like seven first-round picks. I hope Deshaun finds another team. I really do because I, I like Deshaun as a player. I think he's really good. I think he's a good guy. And I would hate to see a career and a talent like that wasted on a team like the Texans. So, you know, for my rant that I had, for people listening, I hope he gets what he deserves at once and is able to find another team that fits him. Um, I just thought it was an interesting perspective. But it's not yeah. bad. Like you're right, though. That's their only shot at this point. So, um, yeah, I think that's a great stopping point for us. Hit us up, uh, the DMs, Rochism thirteen and Isaac Ten G on Twitter, respectively. Uh, rate the show, Spotify, Apple, um, all that. Feel free, to, feel free to like and share it. You know, when we tweet it out and share it with your your friends, your family, get them to listen. It'll help us a lot. Um, subscribe to the um, to the feeds. That's and you, great. And you can all grow as a family closer together if you yeah. get on Twitter and tell me how wrong I am. Yeah. It's fun. Everybody does it. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you next week. Yeah.